0: Hello and welcome back to People, Planet Prosperity, a series of podcasts from Ipsos where we invite experts from inside and outside of the business to discuss the environmental, social and governance challenges of the 2020s and ask how their work can help the world to successfully adapt to the changes going on all around us. In this episode, my colleague Helen Wilson is talking to Holly Weaver and Jean-Francois Damay about their recent Ipsos Views White Paper, Embedding ESG in Experience, which explains how it's possible to do right by planet and people in a way that adds value and drives business benefits by focusing on the crucial role that customer experience can play.
1: JF Holly, welcome. It's an absolute pleasure to have you both here today with us. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Helen. Hello.
1: Hello, hello. Now, um, I should start by introducing you, but rather than me introducing you, why don't we hand it over to you, if you could just give us a quick overview in terms of who you are, what you do at Ipsos. And of course, I'd love to hear a little bit about your, your, I guess your ESG as well, as your CX credentials, as it were. J.F.?
2: Well, um, first, thanks for welcoming me back again on the on the podcast. So, yeah, I'm Jean-François or JF um the global chief research officer for customer experience at Ipsos. So, that means that I'm uh, mainly involved in R&D, uh, new ideas, new concepts in the in the customer experiences, and also anything to do with analytics. The goal being to help clients to try and design and, and deliver experiences that make a real difference, and of course, that generates uh, business performance. And for me, um, ESG, I mean, I've always been uh, really keen on the idea of creating a, a fair exchange of value in the relationship between customers and companies. And also, as you said, the idea that it's possible uh, to create value for a business while it's doing the, the right thing. And I think it's possible because of, uh, of the current context uh, I think this idea and more broadly ESG, I think these two things are becoming more important, and I think that's a, a really good thing for everyone.
1: And, and they absolutely couldn't agree with you more, but back to your very, very first point, I think you might have been on the podcast, bearing in mind, I don't know, we've done 60, 70 episodes. I think you've probably been on four of them so you're probably up there as one of the heavy hitters I, I seem to recall talking to you about um, our favorite topics Roxy return on CX uh, investment on the forces of CX and I suspect knowing the topic we're talking about that those two will emerge again so um, it really is lovely to have you with us today JF and Holly you're a first-time customer perspective podcaster but tell us more about who you are and and your role here at Ipsos please.
3: Thanks, Helen. Yep, I am a first-timer. Um, so, thank you for having me. Um, so, I work across both customer experience and Ipsos sustainability. Um, so, I think I'd describe CX as kind of my foundation, but in the last few years, I've become very much involved with our sustainability team. Um, and I think, really, I've had this interest in ESG issues for a really long time, but I think it's nice now to start to tie that up with customer experience because I think there is more and more pressure on companies to be addressing these issues, and actually, there's a lot that we can all be doing collectively um, to have an, a real impact. And actually, kind of, companies have a lot of power to do that. So, um, it's really nice to be kind of seeing these things come together.
1: It, it really does, and and. That- I guess building on that front, you've, you've clearly both given us some context in terms of what you're seeing and perhaps why you wanted to write this paper. I can hear the passion coming through, but, but give me a little bit more. Holly, maybe if I could come to you, what what is it that you're seeing that made you want to write this paper beyond that sort of general description you've just given?
3: yeah I think it's a really difficult space to navigate for a lot of brands, and to be honest, as humans, you know where do we start? what should we doing? What has the most impact? How do we avoid doing the wrong thing? um there's a lot of risks if you get it wrong, but also I think there's a risk if you don't do anything at all um so there's there's a lot of challenges there, and I think that hopefully what we've done with this paper is kind of give people a bit of a head start in terms of you know what should. We'd be focusing on uh, um, and what's the return for us because as we'll come on to um, there's a lot of benefits to draw from esg uh, initiatives as well
1: just that point it's, it's a really challenging one isn't it in just in terms of understanding where to focus your efforts i was at a ipsos conference recently and we were lucky enough to hear from the mayor of lisbon of all people a fantastically impressive um guy but he spoke to that That challenge that when you've got these really, really big things that you need to address, what you need to do is you need to take the big things, make them small to make them big again. And I love that. It's just such a obvious thing to say, but such a powerful thing to say that back to your point, you need to bring it down to the practical aspects of what you can do. But to your bigger point about ensuring that they drive that, that value that we're all looking for. Jeff, where are you coming from? What What's your take on this?
2: So for me, I mean, there, there's, there's no sort of denying that, you know, ESG is a business imperative right now. And you can yes. see that, um, as a result, there's quite a lot of communication campaigns, a lot of messaging going, going around to drive awareness uh, and positive perceptions around what companies do uh, on ESG and to try also address uh, the growing concerns among citizens. So a lot of promises are made, but you know what we are interested uh, about is to to understand whether these promises actually translate into reality. You know, in the reality of experience, is there a say do gap, for example? And actually, and and you're, you're going to be very familiar with the, the data that I'm going to uh, refer to with global voices of experience. Uh, the survey of CX and, and EX professionals would tend to say so, that there is a, a, a say to gap. For example, you know, we're we seeing that 36% only of companies agree that they use uh, environmentally sustainable practices within their company. Or, for example, 38% think that employees are given enough opportunity to look after their mental or physical health. or. 16% said that they use third-party suppliers that are committed to environmentally sustainable practices. So there they, they, they can be a say-do gap. And in this paper uh, with Holly, we really wanted to outline uh, the crucial role that experience can play in making ESG claims and commitments tangible. So one of the points that we are making is that when it comes to ESG engagements, it's very important for organizations to be able to demonstrate them via the experiences Um, to make sure that the promises are grounded in reality. So it's not just about um, saying the right thing, it's about doing the right thing too.
1: So saying the right thing, doing the right thing, and creating value. So so you've both talked about how businesses do the right thing but expect to be rewarded for, for building those impactful initiatives that you've just described that address ESG and, again, In case people aren't totally clear on that, that's environmental, social and governance issues. But let's bring it back down to the point Holly made. Let's bring it back down to some practical examples of how delivering on the ESG agenda can create some value.
3: Sure. um, Yeah, I'll jump in. So I think there's obviously a kind of a competitive advantage there. So as JF alluded to, if you're doing things that other companies aren't, obviously that gives you a bit of an advantage. And I think our global trends research and um, that we've done recently has showed us that consumers are expecting companies to be acting on these issues. So if they're not, then um, again, you're kind of going to be bottom of the par when they come to considering you. Um, there's also some kind of practical um, ways that can create value. So for example, sometimes it might be um, looking at your supply chain and things like that. So. Um, For example, I know that uh, toothpaste brands are now looking at removing the kind of cardboard packaging from outside the the toothpaste product because it kind of is unnecessary when you think about it Um, and you can imagine that that has a lot of cost savings in terms of you know you're not having to produce that packaging perhaps it's then cheaper to transport and so that cost goes down as well and so there's these real kind of practical ways that we might think of first in terms of how to create value. but actually, there's other ways which we kind of put into our paper, um, thinking more outside the box in terms of the relationship you have with customers and how um, ESG commitments might actually help with that too.
1: So going back to that relationship with with customers, and obviously from the areas I get involved in, that's that's something that I get particularly interested in, as I know to many of our listeners. Now. One of the things you refer to in your paper um, is the Ipsos CX Forces Framework. So this is the frameworks all about helping to, I guess, meet functional and emotional relational needs to drive those strong relationships. But how does it apply here? So bring it back down to the experience angle, if you would.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the, the forces of CX, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's something that's very close to, to my heart because, you know, we've been working... Um, over the last few years, to, to really try and bring the human back at the center of, of, of CX strategy, you know, CX design, CX delivery, and, uh, and actually there's a podcast, uh, I believe, as you as you said earlier on the forces of CX. Um, but just if maybe maybe if I just uh, recap a little bit on what, what it is first. That'll so it's it's a, it's, a, it's a framework that's grounded in behavior science that's been designed to help companies understand what to do to create an experience that fundamentally uh, fulfills customers. Uh, functional, but also relational or emotional needs. And the goal, of course, is to drive strong, positive customer outcomes, to drive, you know, a return on customer experience investment. So it's all about being human-centric, acting with empathy to try and provide uh, good outcomes to customers. So as part of that development process, we identified six dimensions, uh, which we then validated to be uh, predictors of emotional attachment or relationship strengths. Um, So, I'm not going to go through all the the dimensions, but, you know, we talk about fair treatment, the importance of of having certainty in our relationships, the desire for control, status, belonging and enjoyment. And actually, belonging has a particular relevance to ESG. Uh, Belonging is about customers or employees actually uh, feeling that organizations care about the greater good, that they have a, a purpose beyond profit. Um, and that they are connecting to to, to, to their values. So, a brand's ability to build a sense of belonging is very important to develop uh, meaningful and authentic relationships, you know, with a sense of purpose. Um, And what we see in our data is uh, that, very interestingly, belonging a few years back um, was probably, I would say, relatively less important than it is now. Um, You know, it was a little bit of a nice to have a differentiator, (laughs) Whereas now more and more we think that belonging tends to be a bit more of a must-have, so you know customers' expectations might have changed a little bit, and you know there's, there's a bigger expectation around the role that companies need to have um, in terms of you know the the the, uh, the impact that they can have um, you know at large you know, society people on the planet. So that's, that's very very interesting and in the R&D that we do we see that belonging tends to relate or to be linked to the ESG initiatives that companies can put in place. Um, so belonging can be useful as a metric when tracked as part of CX programs to assess if the ESG initiative actually translates in the reality of customers and build stronger relationships. <laughs>
1: One of the things you describe in your paper is the work you did for a major telco organization. So you were actually, I guess, taking the forces and taking it that step further, relating it to the return. But you quantified the impact of social responsibility on customer retention. So right back to the starting point in terms of that way of building business value. Tell us more. I think, you know, for listeners who are here with the same passions as you two, as as the three of us, this is the kind of thing that's really helpful in building a business case to drive those ESG-type initiatives. So, so tell us more about that one, if you would, please.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I think maybe just to reiterate, it's true that ESG is an imperative. You know, organizations yeah. have to do the right thing for for people related in society. But at the same time, uh, it's very important to understand also the benefits in terms of uh, the strengths of the relationship that you can develop by doing so. Um, So, in other words, you know, alongside the positive impacts for planet and society, we can actually quantify the impact that ESG initiatives can have on the bottom line, or, you know, on customer relationships, which then links to customer behavior, which is then, of course, linked to revenue. So, for that particular client, uh, we were able to quantify the impact of social responsibility onto customer retention. And we did that by combining uh, survey data with um, behavior uh, and financial information from, you know, that we were taken from the CRM data of the company. Mm-hmm. And we did that using a solution that's called Roxy Modeling. There's also a podcast, I believe, on, on Roxy Modeling. Uh, Roxy Modeling being a, a data integration solution that quantify the links between key aspects of customer relationships and business or financial outcomes. So, you know, uh, we were working with a client, there was a survey uh, where customers were asked to rate the brand on various relationship dimensions, including how socially responsible they perceive the brand to be based on their actual experience with them. And the analysis was very interesting and it showed that perceptions of social responsibility amongst customers actually impacted um, the CX forces of belonging mainly, uh, but also fair treatment and certainty which in turn had a significant impact on advocacy and retention. So we were able to quantify the impact of becoming more socially responsible onto relationship strengths, retention and associated um, revenue increases or revenue gains. So I think that type of analysis um, is really important. uh, It's really important to be able to demonstrate that delivering on ESG commitments can improve the relationships. Uh, between customers and companies uh, and can have an impact on financials. So that can be a really powerful way to unlock further resources um, to boost the ESG agenda.
1: And for our listeners, I would strongly encourage you to read this paper Embedding ESG and Experience. Of course, I would say that, wouldn't I? But to to get beneath into the detail of that which Jeff has just described and some of the financial outcomes, really, really powerful stuff. I'm, I'm going to bring it back down to the, the absolute practicals here. So, you know, you've both been talking about embedding ESG in experience, and Holly, you've given some um, practical examples of what that means. But if our listeners are going to take away kind of, I guess, three takeaways. what What is it that you want them to hear based on what you've just described?
3: The first thing that we want to be thinking about, and something we talk about a lot in our sustainability practice, is about getting those fundamentals right. So making sure that you have that foundation when it comes to ESG. So um, this is really important. So it's things such as paying your fair share of taxes that would kind of fall under the governance bucket or making sure you've got kind of recycling in your facilities and things like that. So they're the real kind of hygiene factors. And it's really important that when you're building any ESG initiatives for the customer, you're making sure you've got that foundation first. Um, But actually something we say is you need to really be going beyond these fundamentals. Um, in order to engage with the customer and kind of think about things that are really going to be relevant to them and relevant to your offer so that would be the first thing it's kind of having that foundation but thinking about moving beyond it. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly I think delivering on promises so once you've decided what it is that you're going to do making sure that actually you're following through with that Um, and a lot of that you see in the news with accusations of greenwashing so um, obviously a lot of companies want to avoid that And something um, that's really important then is making sure you are delivering on what you're saying and because actually what our research shows is that when you fail to kind of meet what was promised customers are more likely to um, stop using your services um, and love you less and obviously the opposite is true so if you're delivering on those promises you can expect those things to um, strengthen and and kind of um, yeah it strengthens those things so that's really important too and then I guess thirdly as we kind of alluded to is making sure that those ESG engagements are really grounded in what you're offering and whether it's a service or product Um, it's vital that you connect with customers through that experience they have with you um, because as JF mentioned we're really looking at that belonging driver and so that needs to be within the experience so that customers can feel like they have that um, relationship with you and they feel like they belong because you share the same values and they can really see that reflected in the experience. Um, so again, it's really about making sure that those things are really tangible and um, related to your offer so that it's not, not just, you know, planting trees, which sometimes if you're not, um, <laughs> if it's not something related to your business, it can seem quite abstract and I don't think would have that same
1: effect of, of that belonging um, element. It's interesting. So there's, there's just those three points. So get the fundamentals right and deliver and belong. Deliver on your promises and ESG should be grounded in, in terms of your core purpose. And just, just on that second point, that delivering on promises, you, you'd think it'd be so obvious, wouldn't you? Um, I was just quoting something in a previous call whereby we have research that shows that 27% of CX professionals globally admit that their own organisation, this is their own organisation, is 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 not always delivering on the promises that they're putting out there. So there really is a massive um, gap to play in in the broadest sense, let alone when you're getting down to this point. Um, and back to your your third point, uh, that point you make about making trees, some of um, our listeners might have seen me on LinkedIn where I was talking about one week where I took account. And the number of times uh companies were offering to plant trees on my behalf, whether i was um in in a particular case i was I was doing something with my bank, I was going into a shop, I was phoning another organization, but this kind of constant call of planting trees on my behalf but wasn't appealing, but on that note i'm I'm going to quote a stat from your paper, which I have been sprinkling liberally in comms for for many of you you might have seen it, but your point was. ESG engagements that were aligned to the purpose, the core offering of the brand, were more than twice as likely, that's twice as likely to impact customers' attitudes and behaviors than so-called generic claims relating to environmental issues, so the, the planting of the trees. So that's, I mean, that's really powerful research, isn't it? But again, let's bring it to life. What does that mean in practical terms? What sort of examples are you seeing of organizations? who are doing the right thing, but aligned to the core purpose of, or the core offering, as it were, of their brand.
3: Yeah, I think um, one example, and perhaps playing more on the social aspect of ESG, would be thinking about the financial services sector, um, yeah. and that might look, in that sector, like um, introducing accounts for people that don't have, um, basically unbanked people, people who got, don't have access to an account, um, or ensuring that like lending is um, being done in a responsible way. Um, If we think perhaps about social media companies, that could look like educating young people about um, using social media and kind of how to stay safe online, that kind of thing. So things that are really relevant to their offer, um, as we've mentioned, are more likely to have a bigger impact.
1: So I'm conscious I've taken a lot of your time and I could keep going for hours on this topic, but... What's your, what's your advice to organizations who want to be doing the right thing, who want to be designing and, and delivering those ESG-embedded experiences which are truly going to create value, to do the right things by people, by plan, by prosperity, but the prosperity of us all and the prosperity of their own organization. So more recommendations, please.
2: Um, I think you know, it, it seems quite logical to start with by assessing the current state, I would say of things. So, for example, assessing the level of maturity when it comes to ESG and CX. So, how mature is or is, is is the organization in terms of CX overall across you know the various uh, dimension that matter, like how well you understand your customers, you know the type of governance that you have in place, but also including um, the ability um, of embedding ESG in the experience um, that is delivered to customers. So, how well is the, um, are the initiatives, uh, ESG initiative, actually embedded in the experience. So I, at Ipsos, we use um, a system called CX maturity assessment that enables companies to assess where they're at, um, how to prioritize their uh, CX initiatives, including ESG-related ones. And the idea is to assess the current state and then to build a clear roadmap um for action planning and for priorities so that would say that seems to be the um, the logical first step and that first step then uh, in, enables you to then maybe go a bit further and to think about how you can maybe redesign some aspects of your of the experience that you deliver to customers um to be maybe better in tune with the current context or you know changing customer expectations and i think right now Quite a lot of organisations are starting to think about how to optimise or redefine the experiences, or some of the experiences that they provide to their customers. You know, is the customer's journey still relevant right now, um, or does it need to be tweaked, optimised? And when it comes to ESG, for example, or the um, the aspect of in, embedding ESG in the, in the experience, you know, CX service design principles or you know, solutions like journey mapping can be really yeah. useful to really map the customer journey um understand where there are opportunities to reinforce some of the key esg commitments through the experience so you know the journey mapping can in- in enable you to maybe understand where things go wrong um where the commitments are not um, sort of promises are not delivered or and but also opportunities to make an impact and to really you know demonstrate by the experience your esg commitment so i think the overall goal being of course to optimize uh, the customer journey to, to to drive stronger relationships so i think the journey design and the and the journey the journey mapping and the cx um, service design are, are really interesting tool to prepare for the future you know to create the experience of the future and finally i think ultimately if we can um through data integration quantify the impact um, that the ESG initiatives can have on the bottom line, I think that's also something that can go a long way to try and, you know, make ESG uh, agenda uh, a bigger priority within the organization.
1: I'd like to wrap on some personal examples. So you're experts in this experience space, you're experts in the ESG and the sustainability space, DEIB and so forth. Um, and I suspect your families see you with that magnifying glass on every experience you come across, and I'm sure you have a point of view on on many of them. But but what what are you seeing that's great? And I, I you don't necessarily need to call out brands, although please do so if you'd like to. But what are you seeing that's really impressing you at the moment?
3: Sure, it's funny actually that you mentioned families, Helen. Actually, because my experience is to do with a relative and. Um, this relative had recently had an operation so I decided I'd you know send them some some meals so that they um, didn't have to worry about cooking for themselves and I went to a, a new brand that I hadn't used before. Um, so they're a plant-based meal delivery company. Um, they deliver everything frozen, which they say is a way of kind of reducing waste. So that their meals sit in the freezer until they're ready to be um, sent around the UK. Um, and actually I was really impressed with them because well, first of all, they're plant-based. So obviously that's, that's great for the environment and they're really encouraging people to eat in that more sustainable way. Um, but secondly, all the packaging was easy to recycle and actually because they're being delivered frozen it did require you know some extra packaging to keep everything nice and cool but they had a method of making it really easy for people to send that packaging back to them so that they were able to recycle it which I thought you know they'd thought about everything kind of end to end which was really impressive Um, and actually while this was a brand that was kind of born purposeful so that was you know their whole reason they came into being I think there are some um, things there that existing brands could take from it and definitely I
1: was really impressed with with that. First off, I hope your relative is feeling is feeling better, um, but secondly, thank you for that example because, as you say, it, the points you made it absolutely is an organization. who's assessing it every point of the journey, isn't it? It's not a sort of one-point interaction, a one-point touch point. And it genuinely is thinking about it from end to end, um, which clearly they've had some great um, service design experience advice there to make that happen, which is wonderful to see. Um, JF, for you.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's more like around the, the relevance of the initiatives to the, the purpose of the brand. So, for example, uh, you know, I became a customer of a telco provider recently, um, you know, and as part of the onboarding process, um, you know, of course, they, they started to get to know me a little bit, you know, the, uh, and then they were offering, like, let's say, free educational courses on digital services uh, to customers. Uh, They were also providing advice on, you know, how to best use various aspects of the Internet, the innovations to expect, also things to worry about when it comes to kids. So, you know, things that are really sort of tangible um, and really focused on on what the company knows actually and and does well. And I, I really hope to see more and more of that of that type of behaviors so organizations thinking about okay what what's our core purpose and by purpose i mean you know the the their main point you know what they provide to customers what they do really well um and and ideally use that to make a real difference to the to the world
1: so the message
2: being when you focus
1: on what you do really really well you're actually going to do a really really good job of it huh
2: exactly
1: so on, the, on that front, in terms of doing things really, really well, the, the paper, I have to say, was a really, really great paper. Um, I encourage our listeners to head to Embedding ESG in Experience, which is on the Ipsos website. And of course, we'll be sure to put a link in the uh, copy for this podcast. There's a couple of other things that you mentioned there. In fact, there are many things that you mentioned. And as you were speaking about them, I'm thinking, oh, I must point our listeners here, here, and here. But a couple of ones I will specifically mention they are the um, CX service design paper, which is just brilliant in terms of guidance about how you can put all of this to play practically. The Global Voices of Experience uh, program. Now, that's a, that's a program of research that we do on an annual basis. Um, it is fundamentally about understanding the, the trends in, in experience, whether that's employee and customer experience. We'll be having the results of the latest one out in July, but we're just in field at the moment. So if any of you get a a request to take part in the survey, we would love you to take part. And Holly, I think you mentioned the Global Trends uh, Programme from Ipsos, which is an incredible treasure trove of information that is of interest to everyone in terms of that wider context of the world in which we live. So on that note, J.F., Holly, thank you so much for being here with us today. I've loved listening to you, and I've absolutely loved reading your paper. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Thank you, Helen.
0: thank you for listening to the people planet prosperity podcast if you haven't already read holly and jf's paper embedding esg and experience then you can find it on our website and last but not least don't forget to subscribe to the ipsos views channel wherever you get your podcasts see you next time